The Global Polio Eradication Initiative, launched in 1988, aimed to eradicate poliomyelitis worldwide by 2000. But more than 30 years later, the continued circulation of wild and attenuated polio viruses suggests that the current approach to polio eradication needs reevaluation. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Konstantin Chumakov, a former Associate Director of the Food and Drug Administration Office of Vaccines Research and Review, and an adjunct professor at George Washington University and the University of Maryland. Dr. Chumakov has co-authored a perspective article about pursuing polio eradication. Dr. Chumakov, what were the original strategies for eradicating polio proposed in 1988, and was there hope that this goal could be accomplished as it had been for smallpox? Well, it's an interesting question because the original World Health Assembly setting the goal for eradication, which was supposed to be accomplished by year 2000, stated that poliomyelitis must be eradicated by expanded access to polio vaccination to increase coverage with polio vaccine, at least to the level of 70% or higher. And this should be done in the context of general improvement of delivery of vaccines for vaccine-preventable diseases worldwide. So it was a kind of effort to stop poliomyelitis. But very early in the campaign that was led by the World Health Organization, there was another goal set to eradicate poliovirus, meaning that the campaign was structured similar to what was done previously for smallpox, meaning that the objective became to stop circulation of any poliovirus so that at some point immunization against poliovirus may become unnecessary. So this was the objective of the Global Polio Eradication Initiative by the WHO. And now, 35 years later, we see that this goal has not been accomplished, even though, of course, there was a tremendous progress in the reduction of the number of cases, reduction of the number of countries endemic for poliomyelitis. But as a recent discovery of polio in countries that were supposed to be eradicated and were believed to be eradicated 30 years ago, actually suggests that we may need to rethink the strategy and maybe go back to the drawing board and try to set different goals, not to chase the virus, but rather prevent the disease itself. So what features of poliovirus have made eradicating it so challenging? Well, it's a number of issues, and it's not only the properties of the virus. First of all, when the campaign was launched in 1988, we didn't know that the vaccine can mutate to the point that the virus becomes almost indistinguishable from the wild poliovirus. These viruses are called vaccine-derived polioviruses. Basically, it means that when we use oral polio vaccine, which is made from a live attenuated virus, it can revert to virulence and start circulating and causing outbreaks of the disease so that only the molecular analysis can identify the source of the virus, but everything else remains as if it was a wild polio. So this is one thing that we didn't know at the time. It was only discovered around the turn of this century. So that makes it really challenging because it means that to eradicate poliovirus, we need to eradicate the vaccine that actually allowed us to eradicate the virus. So it's a kind of catch-22 situation, which actually led many scientists to suggest that we can never stop immunization against poliovirus and basically replace the use of current oral polio vaccine was something safer, such as, for instance, inactivated polio vaccine, which was actually done in most developed countries and some middle-income countries. Now immunization is being done exclusively by the inactivated polio vaccine. It's one thing. A second, of course, is that 
poliovirus is very interesting in the sense that only in one out of 100 to 1,000 susceptible individuals who are exposed to the virus, you can observe any symptoms. So most of the infections are asymptomatic. So discovery of the virus circulation, which is based on the surveillance for acute flaccid paralysis, which is the main clinical manifestation of the disease, is challenging because it only can discover one out of few hundred infections, which is very different from smallpox, which was basically anybody who was exposed got infected. So in this, we're talking about the completely susceptible population. And you can imagine that in a population that is immunized, the ratio is even higher. So you can basically miss circulation, basically in most cases. So discovery of polio circulation becomes very, very challenging. So it must include not only acute flaccid paralysis surveillance, but also environmental surveillance, basically trying to detect virus in the environment, such as sewage and water and other places. So it is very difficult to ensure that there is no circulation. So the best demonstration of this was the discovery of circulation of vaccine-derived poliovirus in London that was done last year. I mean, England was supposed to be free from polio for many years, starting from the mid-1990s, I think. And all of a sudden, the group that tried to look at the sewage, they discovered the virus there. So the same was done in New York after the case in one unimmunized person who developed paralysis. It turned out that the virus was circulating even before this case. What type of immunization program might actually prevent this silent circulation? In two vaccines, oral polio vaccine, live vaccine, it, is, it induces very good comprehensive immunity. So basically, not only humoral immunity based on the uh, serum antibodies, but also mucosal immunity that prevents uh, virus from transmission. So people who are immunized with OPV and they are exposed to the virus, they do not shed virus or at least shed not as much virus and not for an extended period of time. While people immunized with an inactivated polio vaccine, they're fully protected against paralytic disease but they can excrete virus and transmit it almost similar to people who are unimmunized. This is why countries that in the late 1990s switched from oral polio vaccine to inactivated polio vaccine, which was done to prevent rare cases of vaccine-associated paralytic polio, and which was really a very important step. It turned out that populations that are immunized with IPV inactivated vaccine only, they are capable of silent circulation. Transmission of the virus can occur without causing any clinical manifestation. That's why this case in New York City, where first of all, everybody who were born after this switch about 23 years ago to IPV. And second, uh, of course, uh, there is some pockets of population that actually, for whatever reason, they do not really immunize their kids. So this creates an explosive situation when there is a lot of people who are susceptible to polio because they either never received the vaccine or they received a vaccine that it does not prevent circulation. So the solution to this could be to use an improved oral polio vaccine, which was recently developed by an international consortium of scientists led by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and uh, with the support of PATH and WHO. So this vaccine actually was engineered to become more genetically stable. So 
there were targeted genetic manipulations done to the conventional denated sedent viruses used in conventional OPV to prevent them from reverting to virulence. So this vaccine was created for serotype 2 because this serotype created the biggest challenge to the problem because it reverts and causes and converts to circulating vaccine-derived poliovirus at the highest rate among all three serotypes. So this strain was used in the creation of the so-called novel OPV2 that is being used now to stop outbreaks of the circulating vaccine-derived poliovirus. So similar strains of type 1 and type 3, they are now also in clinical trials and potentially in a couple or three years, we may have a trivalent vaccine that is based on improved genetically stabilized strains that could be used to create more comprehensive immunities in countries that require this. I think that there must be a graduated individual approach to different regions in the world. And some countries could be fine with using inactivated polio vaccine given as a combination product, pentavalent and hexavalent vaccines, while in other regions of the world where the force of transmission is very high, there must be perhaps some other options, such as this novel oral polio vaccine that will soon become available. Despite those signs of progress, you say in your article that you see two limitations of the current strategy. One is that it could discourage investment in the development of better vaccines, and two, that a plan for ceasing vaccination sends the wrong signal. So can you elaborate on those limitations? Well, the initial strategy that is based on the presumption that poliomyelitis can be stopped and controlled by controlling the circulation of the virus, basically setting the target of virus extinction, eradication of the virus itself, I think it should have been revised way back at the time we discovered all these things about circulating vaccine-derived polyvirus and so on. But unfortunately, the program, as is constituted now, they still have this goal as the measure of success, which I think is a mistake. Remarkably, the incidence of polio reduced from roughly 350,000 a year to mere hundreds as of last year and the year before. So except for the two countries in the world, which is Afghanistan and Pakistan, all other countries are free from polio. So isn't it enough to declare victory? The reason why Afghanistan and Pakistan are still endemic is that there's basically it's not a medical issue. It's just that the for whatever political, religious, and military reasons, immunization of the kids in some parts of these countries just impossible because there is an organized resistance to the vaccination campaigns and so on. So you can never eradicate virus if the population doesn't really want to be immunized. So that's why it's very challenging. I think that if we reset the goal, basically not to measure the success of the campaign by looking at the last virus particle that is out there, but rather at the, on the absence of poliomyelitis, that must be perhaps the most reasonable strategy. Because, I mean, the goal of eradicating the virus is very hard to validate, to verify that there is no virus in circulation. And the case in New York last year is the best example of this. We all believe that there is no polio circulation in the United States since the late last century. And all of a sudden, here it is. And the thing is that nobody was looking for polyvirus circulation in this country because we believe that it is gone. And now we know that it is gone and it can easily re-enter circulation. So with all of that, where do we go from here? 
I think that we should rethink this strategy and the benchmarks of success, because I don't believe that continuing the same strategy of chasing the virus, which didn't prove successful over the 35 years of the campaign, is a working option, because I think that we need to go back and try to implement the World Health Assembly resolution of 1988, which never spoke about eradicating the virus. It only spoke about the improving of vaccination coverage in the context of improving vaccine delivery against other pathogens. So I think that this is a strategic objective, and I think that the WHO mission is to improve vaccination coverage against all diseases, not just single out polio as if it's a kind of holy grail. Polio, for all intents and purposes, is not a big factor in the world health anymore. Just like I say, two countries still experience endemic transmission of the virus. So I think that what needs to be done is to, first of all, accept and openly admit that polio immunization must stay indefinitely. There shouldn't be no option for countries to bail out to stop using vaccine, which is currently the plan, basically, to stop transmission of the only remaining endemic polio virus, which is type 1, and then have a cool-off period after which countries can decide whether they want polio. I think that this policy actually jeopardizes the entire world, because if some countries would choose not to immunize their population against polio, then in a few years' time, a significant cohort of their population children will become fully susceptible to the virus. And if virus gets back into circulation, there will be a disastrous consequences because polio, if it gets into a fully susceptible population, can wreak havoc. I mean, it will be a very severe disease among adults who are not immunized. And some people argue that if we eradicate the virus, if it's gone, if we destroy all the stocks, then we're safe. No, we're not safe because the virus can be synthesized in a matter of few days. Now synthetic biology can accomplish this in a matter of a week. You can synthesize virus from chemicals, and here you go. It's one thing. And then it will be almost next to impossible to ensure that there is no virus anywhere left in the lab or anywhere else. So I think that it presents a biggest challenge. Unfortunately, the current strategy is still the same as it was set in 1988. And I think that we need to get serious and rethink and having the new vaccines. And also, there is a lot of new products that are being developed in academia that may also become available in the near future. So that this should be also pursued. We should not think that we can forgive and forget, basically, to engage in a hit-and-run eradication, thinking that we can get done with it and forget. Polo is here to stay, and we need to be prepared for the long haul. Thank you, Dr. Chumikov.